My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the characteristic which, with the possible exception of persistence, most marks what it means to be Haitian. I know I'm saying this as an outsider, so please take me as just that, an outsider. This is my humble opinion as a visitor and resident in Haiti. But if you do not understand this trade and you want to work in Haiti, you're going to struggle. If you are thinking of policy for Haiti and you don't take this into consideration, you're going to struggle. What we're going to discuss today is integral to the soul of the nation. It is the spirit of independence. Now I want to talk about this with a little more depth than the classic story. When one speaks of independence in Haiti, it evokes thoughts of the Haitian Revolution. And that is generally where our thoughts stop in this regard. We view this as a simple story, a people saying no to the chains of oppression and bravely fighting for their freedom. We Americans, at least those of us who don't feel uneasy with the fact that our country also enslaved people, enjoy the story of the unrelenting fight for freedom. But after the revolution, the story is lost. We assume that the spirit of independence went away as soon as the French finally left the island. But it didn't. Let us start from the beginning. Haiti was one of the first two countries to be established in the Western Hemisphere. The other country? Yours truly, the United States. And Haiti claims another distinction all to itself. It was the only nation in history to be established by slave rebellion. Slavery anywhere was horrific, but in Haiti, it was taken to the extreme. Slaves that arrived in the French colony were treated as a variable cost. In most colonies at the time, a slave was a fixed cost, someone that would provide labor for a lifetime. In Haiti, though, their masters discovered that it was cheaper to work them to death and replace them rather than try to keep them alive. The average life expectancy of a Haitian slave was two years after setting foot on the island. Their masters would not let the slaves read or meet together, lest either of these would make them consider revolt. And yet, in 1791, just two years after the U.S. Constitution was enacted, the slaves rebelled. The revolution quickly spread from plantation to plantation. What ensued was 13 years of bloody war, an undersupplied, scrappy army of former slaves beating back the empires of France, Britain, and Spain. Napoleon, yes, that Napoleon, eventually would send thousands of troops under his brother-in-law to squash the revolt. His brother-in-law, as well as 75,000 Frenchmen over the course of the war, would die trying to control the island. And yet, in 1804, all the foreigners were finally pushed from Haitian soil, and on January 1, independence was declared. If Americans know anything about Haitian history, they might know this story. But those of us that do often think this spirit simply died. We assume that everyone went back to their little plots and kindly submitted to the new government and had nice trade agreements with other nations. And that would be false. After a long revolution with three European powers, the small country of Haiti was labeled with pariah status. As the only country where slaves had successfully overthrown the plantation system, other nations, especially the U.S., prevented even the slightest exposure of their citizens to Haiti, for fear of spread of the contagion of freedom. And so, Haiti soldiered on alone, charting its own fate. There was always anxiety that the colonial masters might return and attempt to retake their land and slowly subjugate the population again. And so, written right in the Haitian constitution, as inviolable as freedom of speech is to Americans, was the prohibition of foreigners owning land in Haiti. 
And again, we might be tempted to stop there, a little country fighting against all odds to keep its hard-fought independence. But it's too neat, too not real. Independence seeped into every aspect of Haiti. Haitian society is roughly built in a hierarchy. Of first importance is the family. Outside of Port-au-Prince, as you drive through the countryside, you will notice that individual homes are built close together in little clusters that surround a beaten dirt yard and are fenced in by cactus walls. Each of these little clusters is known as a lacou. In it, you have an extended family, all living together. Whenever possible, justice is meted out among the family. No need to get the community or the government involved. I've been to large family gatherings to discipline a member. This is the basic building block of the country. Families will help each other financially. Often they'll form bands that farm together and work the fields. As you drive further, you'll see more and more lacous. These will make up a community. Each community will have a group of leaders. In the mountains, communities are almost like many countries. They'll organize the inhabitants to build roads. The government certainly isn't going to do that. They will mediate land disputes. The government is nowhere to be found. If you read Haitian history, communities are suspicious of outsiders. And you might think this means foreigners. While they were initially worried about being re-enslaved by other countries, communities and villages started to have an enemy they hated even more, the Haitian government. And this might be surprising to an American, but to this day, the Haitian government is the number one most hated organization by the Haitian people. Little communities in the mountains are self-sufficient. Mostly, they want to be left alone by the government. When we plan to create a nutrition program in a community, we always, always must gather the leaders together. As Carmel says, if we don't do that and give the community a chance to understand our intentions, we risk having the whole village turn against us, even if we're trying to do good for them. And these leaders don't just want to be told what you're going to do for them, it's essential to ask them to assist you. It's not that these villages don't want help, but they hate hate for people, be that the Haitian government, foreigners, or even other Haitians, to start doing projects in their area without consulting them and inviting them to be a part of it. And here is the thing, if you invite them into the work and ask them to help you, they will join you with fervor. The United States shares characteristics with Haiti in this regard. Being independent-minded is a trait, and you could almost plot countries out in this regard. For example, you might have some of the European Union nations on one side. On the whole, they're fine joining treaties and organizations of other states. On the opposite side of the spectrum, you might find the United States, Switzerland, and Haiti. And whether you're more on the European side or the American side, there are pluses and minuses. Let's take coronavirus, for instance. We are, I think most Americans would agree, very freedom-loving. This stems from our history and the stories about our history that we've been telling ourselves for 200 years. This stands in stark contrast to the more communal feel of Europe. This freedom and in individual thought sparks innovation and progress. To me, it's not surprising that an environment like that spurred the creation of a large portion of the world's vaccines for COVID. And yet, when it comes to submitting to regulations about COVID, for example, mask ordinances or taking the vaccine, half of America looked around at each other and said, no one could tell them what to do. I'm not looking to wade into this debate about coronavirus. I'm simply noting that we Americans have a strong spirit of individualism, of rebelling against authority. Can one even imagine having foreign troops permanently stationed in the U.S.? German or Korean troops posted in Kansas or North Carolina? And yet, Germany, South Korea, Japan, Cuba, and a lot of other countries all have U.S. Army or Navy bases on their land. We would never accept that. 
And the U.S. is not simply reticent to give other countries control over us. We don't even like other areas of our own nation to influence our own region. Think back to your high school U.S. history class and remember that immediately after American independence, each state wanted to go their own way. They wanted nothing to do with a central government. They created their own paper currencies. Few people remember the Georgia pound as a unit of money. It took nearly a decade for states to realize that they'd need to work together. Thirteen different currencies and foreign policies weren't exactly meshing. They decided in 1789 to create a new constitution that bound the states together more closely. And this works the same in Haiti. Individualism means that communities in Haiti are essentially self-sufficient. But it leads to, and I guess there's not really any better way to say this, but it leads to a dynamic with outsiders. It's not hatred, and it's not love. It's more complex. You might think this means that Haitians are inhospitable, but that's 100% not true. If you come to a community in Haiti, they'll grab chairs for you and offer you water and food, even if they have very little. One might better express it to say that there's a suspicion of foreigners, and maybe that's closer to the truth. Independence has its strengths and pitfalls, both in the U.S. and in Haiti. It gives Americans and Haitians a self-reliance at the community level. Haitians will not simply accept what their government suggests. They want dialogue to be a part of decisions. It also means that Haitians from different communities sometimes struggle to work together, in the same way that Americans from Alabama and New York don't get along. This dynamic interacts with current events. There are some Haitians that will be okay with and and may even request American troops to help them in their time of need. In fact, an informal poll by myself would indicate that the large majority of the Haitian citizenry wants a U.S. intervention because their current suffering is so severe. But they want this to be a mission that allies with Haitians, not an occupying force. Again, this is probably similar to how the U.S. would react. If we were in a weak spot, we would be grateful for our allies' aid, but we wouldn't want them to occupy and control the U.S. as a vassal state. An independent spirit is ingrained in both Americans and Haitians. It can be our most prominent strength, leading both our nations to gain our independence far before other nations in the Western Hemisphere. But every strength has its own dynamics. Yes, we're both able to coalesce as a country when someone attacks us, but other than when we have a common enemy to face, it can lead to infighting. It can make collaboration between communities difficult, and coming together as a nation and speaking in one voice a challenge. We know this well in America. As you work in Haiti, you need to remember this. It permeates every aspect of the country. The citizens want their dignity, want their voice heard. And it's not that they don't want help. I think that's a misconception. But they want to be part of the solution. They don't want to be imposed upon. And that's a challenge. It takes humility on our part. It takes a willingness to listen. But if you do that, the Haitian independent spirit is a strong ally. Communities will build a road exclusively so that you can bring medical care. They'll spread the word for mobile clinics so patients will come. They'll protect you from any gangs in the area. But as you work, always remember the power of giving people dignity and respecting their independence. Thank you for listening. Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. 
We are simply telling stories as we've seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history, and there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names may have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti or to get involved, visit us on the web at lightfromlight.me. Thank you and God bless.